I say Abby, you say Feeder. Abby! Hi, I'm Abby Feeder. And I'm Isaac Feeder. And this is our story. And we're gonna, I'm gonna love you. I'm gonna love you. I'm gonna make you love me. I kind of did. Abby. Thank you for choosing to share your life with me. Thank God, I, I thank God for you. I prayed for you. Before I knew you, I prayed for you. And then after I met you, I prayed for you too. My prayers were answered. I love you and the home we are building together, the place we share and pursue our dreams together. And as we continue to build our home, Abby, I promise I will love you and I look forward to a life of love and warmth and love and children. I thought that the meaning of life is, a, is comprised of a few things. It's, it's pursuing and getting to do what you love to do professionally. That's a beautiful goal. That's part of the meaning of life. It is pursuing, meeting, bamboozling someone into marrying you, partnering with you, that person you're going to go through life with. And then with that person that you've tricked, it's <laughs> reproducing with that person and or becoming parents together so that you can share all of your mishigas with people in the next generation. It's part of immortality. It's part of why we live on this earth. You know, and I was looking back to my journal while just thinking a few things for this speech and and I wrote something on New Year's Day, 2009, and I was with some of you guys the next day, and I, I just said, we were only together for a few weeks at this point, and I said, I wrote, I am having so much fun falling in love with Abby. And I still am. Another thing that I want to, I want to talk about here is um, how we got together. Um, we, we, you to say where we met? From the first moment I saw Abby, at that fabulous gay bar of the same name in West Hollywood. We'll say that for me it was love at first sight when I saw you and I knew that I was interested in you and... I was hit by a thunderbolt. We met that night and were friends at first. We're friends for a long time. Uh, Not a, that an long. insufferably miserable <laughs> long time. Like three months. And finally... Uh, one thing led to another. There was a new president elected, Barack Obama. There was a lot of hope. And I remember we were hanging out a lot at that time for the whole summer, essentially. And after the election, I called you and I was like, the world is changing. Something needs to change between you and me. Oh, you're and not telling it right. You said it was in person. You did call me after the election. But then a couple of days later, you'd had a couple of glasses of wine too many. And you said, can I quote you? Well, we can always edit it out. And you said, <laughs> I, uh, a new president was elected on Tuesday night, and I had my best friend on my left and my other best friend on my right, and the world was on the precipice of change, and the only thing missing was you. 
And I was like, cue romantic comedy credits. It was like the best line, but totally authentic and real. And I said, cool, I'm not Slow. ready. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Um, but, and I wasn't ready. But then soon thereafter, I was ready. This moment, these past couple hours are the best hours and moments of my life with my husband. And... <laughs> And each and every one of you has played such an important role in, in bringing us to these moments, whether you supported my parents or my grandparents or my in-laws or my friends or my husband or myself. I wasn't really looking to get married unless it was about finding the person who I wanted to make a family with. Sure. So, like, I think early on we knew or I knew that that was the end game and the goal for being with you, meeting you. I mean, I wanted you to be the mother of my children. Fast forward, we got engaged in San Francisco overlooking the Golden Gate Bridge. We got married on October 10th, 2010 in New York City. I just, I've never loved anybody more than all of you and especially you. It was a great night. Our wedding was really fun. There was a lot of love in the room. Many people felt like it was a special wedding, I know. And I know people say that all the time. Um, but we had a good wedding because we're, we, well, although we only met recently, we're from a group of people who are lots of old friends. We have big families. We had a big old Jewish wedding in New York City. Um, and everyone was pretty confident that we were a good that we are a good match and a good couple and and right for each other. This was one magnificent wedding. It was more than just a Jewish wedding. It was what you call in Yiddish a Yiddish chassanet. They're definitely in love, and I think their relationship is going to last uh, as long as they do on this earth. It's not often that, that someone gets together, and it's so obvious that they're going to have a wonderful life together. And it's also one of the things I would say that adds to my frustration when we're not parents yet sure i think it's you bring up that night because they're i mean of course like any wedding but for us there's just so much optimism in the room about what your life together will look like and therefore i know that you will both be happy and you will both be leading a jewish life for yourself for your families and for your future children mazel tov I can't wait to see all the smiles and laughter we're going to share together and the happy family you're going to raise. And I wish you many years of happiness and many years of friendship with you and your family that's going to grow in the future. Mazel tov. I just feel like of anyone I know that should be parents, it's you and me. It just is. Like, I don't have to think about it. I just think we were made for it. And that's why I get so frustrated. Because I don't know why... All the tests, you know? But I just think you and I come from large families and we love being with our families and we are friends with our parents and I think we want that for ourselves. And um, I don't think about what parenthood would mean. It's just like, of, of course I want to be a mother. It is now 2018. So we've been married for seven and a half years. Um. We took some time before trying to get pregnant or have children where I want to say that family planning was not the first priority, uh, which I think is also endemic to not only our generation, but 
our social circle and group of friends. Many of us got married later into our 30s. We were in our early 30s and don't even start thinking or trying for children until we're into our mid to, yeah, let's say mid to maybe later 30s. Especially, I'd say, more our group of friends in Los Angeles who are pursuing an arts yeah, lifestyle. M- most of our friends, when we were getting married, in this first, were not parents. And right, we but, still- but our friends from childhood, our friends from that don't live in California who are not necessarily pursuing artistic endeavors, all have kids. Even those who have who struggled and did IVF and did all kinds of treatment in seven years, they've all, you know, started, struggled and finished having children. Yes. At this point, which is tough. It's tough. And it's tough to admit to like now that I'm seeing friends and people who I really love and are relatively newlyweds or in their early 30s who got married at a similar time to us but have been married now for two, three years. Now they are getting pregnant or having children. I will admit it, 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 it stings and I just want to be happy for them. And of course I am. And they deserve to be parents and have this part of their lives fulfilled, which they've pursued. But like, yeah, there's a little bit of of envy now that's starting to creep in. And that's like a newer thing. That was not early on. Agree. That's Agree. like the result of how much heartache and struggle we've undergone with, by the way, we basically have been diagnosed now by multiple doctors with unexplained infertility. We had we did not know. There wasn't like a sperm count problem or- You want to lead with that? It's not the point. <laughs> exactly. There wasn't an egg problem or a sperm problem. It was unexplained. So it's like you were saying, if life is about one, finding that thing you want to do, two, finding the person you want to do it with, and then three, procreating. And if that third part is not necessarily in the cards for you and me, I want to reset and refocus and get an understanding as to what does life mean and what is our purpose here. That's something that I'm struggling with and going through, and I think this story is going to inform. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. This 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 fertility journey has me shook because this is never anything in my wildest dreams that I thought would be something to that we would that we were going to struggle with. Not only something we were going to struggle with, but like let alone has become the defining struggle of our marriage and our family and our relationship that is making me rethink everything that I wanted and everything that I that I do want. And I think that's one of the reasons that we started recording and telling this story over this last process, but because because for so long even we kept it private like most couples do. Well, because we still wanted the surprise of telling people we were pregnant. Yeah. You know? But after you've been married five years and you're not, ugh, the amount of judgment <clears throat> and questions and comments and people go, do you have kids? No, we don't. How long have you been married? And then there's this, and you're like five years. And then there's this awkward silence where no one knows what to say. And you have to kind of let them off the hook and pretend like everything's fine or go back to annoying small talk or whatever it might be. I got to say, you handle that shit so well. Well, now I'm just like, no, dumbass, do the math. And as this is a problem of our generation, as this is something that we know so many people struggling with, we have to know how to talk about it to one another, to be there for one another. 
I think we need to have a conversation about that as a as our people are dealing with this with infertility as an issue and a and a painful issue and we're talking about like reproductive rights and healthcare and costs and insurance I just think infertility has to be part of the conversation and there are amazing support groups and support systems and you know Eastern medicine and all these things that people should know about if they're going through this. And people who aren't going through it should know how to support the people who are going through it. We just have to bring it more to the forefront as far as a conversation about how to be there for one another. There are a lot of decisions to be made. You need a lot of support, emotional support between one another and from one another. I think we're really lucky that we have that. And because we're so lucky and we have that, we have to tell our story. What we're doing here is a first-person account of you and me, Abby, going through this mostly in real time as it happens. Every success and failure along the way uh, in our pursuit to have a family. I think we should go back for a moment. Let's like take it back to that, that trip we took to San Francisco and, and why we went there. Um, talk okay. about it for a second. Yeah. So we went to San Francisco few months ago. I had a show up there. So you decided to join me for the weekend because San Francisco holds a very special place in our heart because we got engaged in San Francisco. That was the right place to start telling the story, wouldn't you say? I totally agree. We've been on the journey to become parents together. I mean, of course, since our wedding and but really for almost six years with medicine for three years, three full years this month. So what that means is four IUIs we had done, four IVFs after that once the IUIs didn't work. That took the course of about 16 months, and the only success we had in that resulted in a really devastating miscarriage. It's a really inexact science. There's a lot of guessing and checking, and all of it is very expensive. And not just expensive financially, but physically and emotionally. I want to say, like, you are a very resilient person. I think you're a very strong person. I think that I am a resilient person as well, but you are super resilient. And this endeavor takes all of the strength humanly possible to stick with and pursue and have faith in and believe in. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's been really something to go through this, this very challenging process together as a team and we need these moments and that's why taking that trip was so good so we're in san francisco we flew here we weren't sure we were going to be able to fly because part of the journey of infertility is that there are periods where you cannot travel Uh, some doctors take it more seriously than others just sort of just depends on what's going on but um, for a lot of reasons like your blood thins at that high altitude or you know, God forbid something happens, depending on what phase you're at, you don't want to be stuck at 30,000 feet with no doctor. So that's been kind of rough on us because we have a lot of family that lives far away. We've had to miss out on a lot of family opportunities. So as it turned out, I was in a period where I could fly and it was lovely that we could just fly in for the weekend. And we decided we've never walked across the Golden Gate Bridge and this was the trip to do it. Yeah, the Golden Gate Bridge of all the American landmarks, I think, is the most significant 
for Abby and me and our relationship. And um, it's very special to walk across it today as we're about to head into brand new third round of a retrieval, which we never expected, I would say. But everything is new and we're doing this walk. We had a good luck charm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sort of good luck charm that was given to us by my mother at some point. Um, she sent me in the mail uh, more than like two years ago, I think before our first IVF, almost three years ago. Um, she sent us this really ugly fish pin mm -hmm. in the mail. It was like multi metals. And she just said, keep this with you always with your treatment and know that I'm with you. And so when your mom sends you that, you don't really want to question it. You're just like, thank you. And we did. We took pictures of it, like, in the operating room. And the fish wasn't doing shit for us, obviously. <laughs> and so at a certain point, I started asking her about this fish. And she told me that fish are a sign of fertility, which actually I never knew. And so I was like, where did you get this fish? And she told me that she got it from this, like, single, bitter, old woman that used to live in our building in New York. And I'm like, why the hell am I carrying this fish around from this woman who never had children? So my mom, for my birthday this year, she could sense that I wasn't thrilled with this uh, folklore that we were creating. So she sent me a fish, a different fish that she picked out that had much more meaning and said, honey, it's time for a new fish. So we used the opportunity of being over the Golden Gate Bridge to throw the old fish away put all of our heartache and and stress and frustration that had come with the many years that that, that fish was with us and throw it over the Golden Gate Bridge as all, another part of the fresh start. So that was also part of the point of walking over the bridge was to stop in the middle and throw the fish over. That's right. We are about to get on the bridge. Abby is holding the fish and uh, we'll keep walking there's sailboats and we can see the Bay Bridge in the distance there's just not a more beautiful city in this country um, my first ancestor actually emigrated to San Francisco Abby's making a snooze face but I've always felt the connection to San Francisco ever since the first time I came here as a kid and I'm glad that it means something for our marriage and I'm glad that the start, just like the start of our marriage happened here, the start of this new cycle, the start of this new year, the start of whatever, whatever comes next, I really feel like this is the beginning. Um, I think I'm going to let you throw it because you might have a stronger arm. You want me to throw it? Yeah, what difference does it make? I don't know. I just think this is your journey. I'll do it. It's our journey. Well, sure. I could take some ownership of throwing it. Well, isn't that nice? Well, I just hope that that fish, that hideous, hideous, corroded copper fish, represents everything shitty that's been the last two plus years of this journey. And it goes out the window, so to speak, or off the bridge today. Over the bridge. Over the bridge today. Over the bridge today. And, uh and becomes the start of, of a new chapter of this story. 
Do you want me to like put some like elbow grease on it and really th- give it a th- give it a throw? I want you to throw it as far the fuck away from us as possible. All right, you got it. Okay. Do you have anything you want to say to the fish before we toss it? I like throwing things into the water, and let's throw it. Okay. Good luck. Ready. It's gone. It's in the water. It did it. It's in the water. It's gone. That felt, that felt really good. Is there anything else you want to throw on there? <laughs> Taking that trip felt like we, if we needed to prove to the universe, to God, to ourselves, to our families, that we were still in this and still had faith and were gonna have, we're going to have success, this trip was that proof, you know? Yeah. We are now on the beginning of our journey towards... Success. Success and becoming parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how going back to the Golden Gate Bridge to do this beginning felt to me and feels to me, hearing it now. I feel the same. So you're going to hear it here. We're going to cut to the bone. We're going to tell it like it is. <laughs> We're going to straight talk. We're going to play scenes in real time as they go when we get good news, when we get bad news, when we have to make big decisions. When we want to murder each other. Yeah, you'll hear that too. (laughs) And that's what the story's about. Hi. Hey, Abby, it's Allison calling. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. I'm calling, but I don't have good news. Oh my God, okay. Right, it's pretty crappy. It's less than one, which means that it's negative. So stop stop everything and I'm gonna have Dr. Wambon to kind of follow up with you okay yeah okay thank you okay honey you're welcome sweetie okay (laughs) bye-bye babe it's not good news (laughs) The, the nurse called you? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Oh, I love him. I love you. I love you too. Want me to come home right now? <laughs> no, it's okay. So that was the 10th day of our lives waiting for that phone call. Those are rough days. They are the worst. Your heart pounds all day long. No matter what time it is, you're sure it's bad news. Mostly because in our case, it has been. And um, and yeah, you get that phone call. You feel like it's the end of the world. And, uh, and you decide either to jump back up or to quit and reevaluate. And we just keep getting back up. I'm just saying, I mean, if, if you take, take, take the time you want, but if, if, it, if it didn't take on this one and we can just go again, I think we should just go again. Yeah, I know. 